0: Okay, so we'll go ahead and get started, and uh, let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our study here, so let's pray. Lord, we come to you today, thank you for your blessings, Lord, we thank you for our time and our fellowship we've had already, Lord, and we just pray, ask you that you meet with us here, guide us as we study your word, and help me, Lord, as I teach, I just pray that uh, that your people would be helped today, Lord, I just pray that we could uh, receive exactly what we need, I pray that you be with the the ones who aren't able to be with us this morning, I know there's some working, some traveling and things, and I just pray that you would be with them, be with the class next door as well. And Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for your love, for your mercy. Thank you most of all for your shed blood, Lord. And we thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Okay, over the past several weeks, we've been looking at spiritual health and growth. That's been our thought. Uh, and we have a desire, hopefully, uh, as Christians to grow in our Christian life. We said there a couple weeks ago that the Lord didn't save us to leave us where He found us. Right. And hopefully, uh, if you're saved here this morning, that uh, that means you uh, that you believe God's Word, that uh, you believe that His ways are best, right. and that you have a desire to uh, follow His will and His way. You have a desire, you trust Him in what He has laid out that His way is best. Uh, the world will look at the Word of God and at... Uh, the way that He has laid out in His Word for us to uh, live and for uh, us to think and such. And they would mock it and they would make fun of it because, honestly, it goes contrary to uh, everything that this world stands for today. And we as Christians, we choose to believe the Word of God and trust that whenever God writes in His Word and uh, instructs us in His Word that He knows what He's talking about. And so we have a desire to... To learn and to grow and to be shaped and to be molded and to become more like Him and to find His will and His way for our lives. That should be our desire. And so, uh, as we were looking at this idea of spiritual health and growth, uh, we found out that it is a a desirable thing. Okay, it's a desirable thing because it's going to make us fruitful. Right? We're often uh, in Scripture we're finding uh, the idea of growth with. Uh, fruit bearing it's a healthy tree that produces fruit it is a mature tree that produces fruit and so it makes us fruitful not saying that we have apples and bananas hanging from our ears but i think you understand the uh i think you understand the uh uh, the imagery there but we also whenever we are seeking after spiritual growth and maturity and health uh, we're going to be experiencing the blessings that come from being in the middle of god's will right the Bible says that the way of his will is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm -hmm. And I keep bringing that up, but I want us to to understand that, that his will is a good thing. I think a lot of times we fear it. We're afraid that if we're uh, in God's will, if God is having his way in our life, it's almost as if he can't be trusted, that he's going to have us to do something uh, completely outrageous or unacceptable. But instead, we find that uh, uh, he is a good God. He is a loving Father, and His way is good. He only wants the best for His children. Just like a parent here on this earth, uh, if they're worth anything at least, I know there's bad parents and such out there, but a good parent on this earth only wants the best for their children. They may be misguided in the way that they seek that, but they only want the best for their children. They want them to be healthy. They want them to be happy. They want them to have a, a good life. And as I said, parents here on this earth can be misguided, but God isn't. Right. And he is a much greater father than any father on this earth. And so what he wants for his children is going to be good and perfect and acceptable. Yeah. And so it's desirable. So not only do we experience the blessings that comes with being in his will, we also miss out on a lot of the hurt and the heartache that comes with doing things our way or the way of this world. Uh, with the, the way that the world's doing things and their philosophies. Uh, it leaves a trail of heartache and of hurt and of consequences. Uh, and man tries to avoid the consequences, tries to deny the consequences. One reason why atheism is so prominent now, it's not that people don't believe in God or don't know that there is a God that exists. It's the fact that people are trying to get away uh, from the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking the other day with Dylan and the people will um, people will try to convince themselves that there isn't a God because if there is a God, that means that there is a higher power than themselves. Right. If there is a God, then there is someone who can call them to task mm-hmm. that can make, uh, make, respon- or make them responsible for things. Right. It's almost like a, a children saying, you're not my boss, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's what they're doing. A- uh, atheism is essentially a temper tantrum, uh, rejecting the parents' authority. Uh, you see like broken homes and whatnot whenever uh, you have step-parents and whatnot that come in and the kid will say to their step-parent, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad, right? And so that's essentially what people's doing to God. They're saying, you're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. Right. But whenever they do that, we find that God isn't trying to hurt them. He's trying to help them.
1: Right.
0: That God's not trying to keep anything away from them. that was Satan's lie in the garden, wasn't it? That uh, God's trying to keep something good away from you. He knows that the the day that you eat thereof, you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. And we've been paying the price for that ever since, buying into that lie. And so anyway, we miss a lot of the hurt that comes uh, with following our defaults. Uh, If you haven't figured it out by now, the way that you default to, the thought patterns that you go to, the priorities that you have, your natural desires and lusts are harmful to you. I compared this early on to, uh, like, parenting Melody right now. Our main job as parents with Melody is keep her from killing herself. We ended up having to bring out the baby gate because she's got a fascination with the stairs now. And if the girls leave the baby gate open, all of a sudden it's quiet and we can't figure out where's Melody. Oh, she's about eight steps up. Okay? And so most of our time is spent uh, keeping her alive. (laughs) <laughs> and the reason I bring that out is that for us, as human beings in our fallen state, we have a desire for things that aren't good for us. Right. We course. have a desire for things that are going to be harmful for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want an example? If you have a choice for what to eat, are you going to pick uh, a hamburger or broccoli? <laughs> broccoli broccoli any time. You bunch of liars. If I offered you a a donut or a stick of celery, what are you going for? Right? And so that's the thing is that we have natural cravings and appetites that are destructive for us. And if there's not something to keep them in check, if there's not something to help to direct those and to guide those, we basically self-destruct. And so that's kind of the job of a parent with their children is they're guiding them and directing them and training them in how to uh, how to live in this life without self-destructing, basically. And that's what God's wanting to do in us is to reprogram the broken thinking and those wrong priorities and these defaults that we go back to. And so we see that it is desirable for us to grow. And not only is it desirable, uh, it is also a decision that we have to make. It doesn't come automatically. It isn't a default for us. And so there can be people, as I've said multiple times already, that's been in church for their entire lives that have been saved for a long time, and they have never really grown. We saw that uh, Paul wrote to some of them within the Corinthian church and said that it was time that they should have been uh, mature, they should have been uh, teaching, they should have been uh, well able to handle more uh, difficult things within the Christian life, but they were still as babes and had need of milk instead of, of meat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that is a reality. It is a choice. It is a decision that we must make. And that's why we're teaching on this. I don't have to teach something that comes natural, right? <laughs> right. You don't have to teach a baby to lie. That comes natural, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to teach yourself To have wrong desires and things, you have to teach yourself to have right ones. You need to have that reprogramming going on. And so it is a decision that we make. So uh, I said last week what it's like is uh, putting ourselves in a healthy environment for growth. If you plant a tree, if you plant a seed in a healthy environment, it's going to grow. That's just the natural result, right? right? But you have to choose where you're going to plant yourself, what you're going to surround yourself with. And that is going to bring about the growth, and so that's where the choice comes in is what are you going? what environment are you putting yourself in? Are you putting yourself in a healthy environment for growth uh, because it's not something that we do on our own. we just put ourselves in the environment, and God and his Holy Spirit works it in our hearts and our minds. He's the one who is making all things new. He is the one that is recreating our thoughts and our uh, he's cleansing our our ways of doing things okay mm-hmm. and so what we've looked at so far is. Uh, our relationship with God's Word and our relationship with prayer, uh, and both of those have to do with our relationship with God. I said, reading His Word is as, as He is speaking to us. Praying is as we're speaking to Him, right? Right. And so, the Bible tells us about God. It tells us about ourselves. It reveals those things that we don't like to uh, that we don't like to really face. A lot of times, the Bible compares itself to a mirror that we look into and we see ourselves for who we really are. And it instructs us about our enemy, gives us warnings, it tells us about the battle that we're going to be facing. It tells us what's good for us and what's bad for us. That's what we often don't like, right? Mm -hmm. But it's helpful. And so it gives us examples of how God's worked in the lives of others as well as examples of those who have rejected God's way and have rejected God's will and how that turned out for them. And so all the way through the Bible, we find so many things that are helpful, that are instructive, that are uh, nourishing to our souls. And so I've challenged you all to uh, not look at reading the word of God as something that I have to do or a ritual or a rule or something that you have to check off. But this, this is nutrition for you. This is something that is good for you. This is something healthy for you. This is a tool that God uses in our lives and so, rather, we desire it. Uh, Job said that he desired. I believe it was Job said he desired God's word above his necessary food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He says it's more important to me than the food that sustains me and keeps me alive, because this is important for my spiritual health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it contains all that we need. Uh, all that we need to know for spiritual health and growth. We looked at prayer last week, and essentially, prayer is uh, taking all of our cares and our concerns to a heavenly Father that cares for us. Yeah. And once again, it's not a ritual. It's not uh, something that we check off a list. It's not something that gives us points on our scorecard. But instead, we have access to a God that is available, a God that cares, a God that loves us and is more than capable and more than willing to work on our behalf and to work in us and to work in our situations And so we're invited to cast every care upon him because he cares for us. Mm -hmm. And so we come to him in prayer. We can bear our hearts to him. Everything that annoys us, everything that bugs us, everything that we struggle with, the people who give us trouble in our lives. I said, I think God is the only one that is okay to gossip to. (laughs) Okay? Because he can handle it. And so we tell him everything. We take every care to him and realize that he is... Uh, strong enough and big enough to handle all of those things. Right. We can unload our burdens and know that they're in good hands. Yeah. On top of that, we can thank him and praise him for all he's done for us. Uh, we, we see here that in, in the verse that we used last week, uh, it introduces the, the model prayer, our father, which art in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And he is as a father. And so just as with a child and the parent, the child goes to the parent with all of their needs, Whenever the parent is good to them, they're grateful and show gratitude her and They're thankful for them, right? And then on top of that, we can go to him with the needs of other people and intercede on behalf of one another and take uh, our cares and concerns for our family, our friends, our brothers, our sisters in Christ. We can take those things to God and say, God, there's not a whole lot I can do about this, but I know that you're able. And we can leave it in his hands. And so we are invited to do that. And on top of all those things, one that I I about skipped over here, prayer is also a way of cleansing our conscience and our guilt away from us because the Bible gives us an invitation to come to him freely and to confess our sins to him. And he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so he gives us that way that we can have open line of communication. We know that there's nothing between us and him. Our sins are forgiven. He is on our side. He is working on our behalf. He is working in situations that we have no control over, but he does.
1: Right.
0: And so that brings us strength. That brings us confidence. That brings us help in our Christian life. And we see why this is so important. And so today what we're going to be looking at is one of the other keys in our Christian health and growth. We can kind of compare this to a three-legged stool, okay? Okay. These are like the three pillars, I believe. And we're going to look at other things as well, but I think these are the three of the main ones. Anyone want to take a guess on what we're talking about today? No one's going to take a stab at it? Put you on the spot, you're still asleep, right? Okay, we're going to be looking at church and Christian relationships. Okay, and I'm putting both of these together because... It's not just church, but I believe we need to have uh, Christian relationships as well outside of church, and those need to be restorative Christian relationships. We find in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17, that as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend, right? And so we need to have those restorative relationships to build strength and all these things, and and like I said, I don't want to limit that just to church, but church is a, uh, a main place for that. Right. And so uh, the place we're going to be starting out at today is Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10, this is kind of one of the, the go-to passages whenever we talk about uh, church and church relationships. Before you get there, I'll say it's also one of the ones that's often misused and misappropriated, and I've taught on that in the past as well. But Hebrews chapter number 10, I'm going to start up with verse number 19. It doesn't necessarily have to do with what we're looking at, but uh, it kind of plays into our overall study here. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. That's talking about the access that we have to God through prayer, right? That's what we talked about last week. And having a high priest over the house of God. Let's talk about how Jesus intercedes for us, the means that we have in prayer. Verse 22, and we're going to have three things here that uh, start out with let us. Whenever we see let us in the Bible, what does it mean? What's that indicating? A choice. A choice. It's encouraging someone to make a choice. It's saying this isn't something that's going to be forced upon you. This isn't something that you uh, are going to have happen naturally. This is something that you're going to be choosing to do, okay? So let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So that's talking about salvation. We can draw near uh, with a true heart in full assurance, confidence, confidence, Uh, that's what the full assurance is talking about we can uh, come near to Christ we can draw near to him in prayer we can seek after him in growth and spiritual health with full assurance because our faith, our trust is not in ourselves, not in our performance but it is in what he has done for us okay so let us draw near that's what our whole desire in this study is is that we would draw nigh unto Christ okay With full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, that's the guilt that's cleansed away, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So no wavering. We're not uh, going to be wishy-washy about our belief. We're going to hold fast to him because he is holding fast to us. Okay? Verse 24, And let us consider one another. This is getting down to what we're talking about today. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much the more, as you see the day approaching. And so as we talk about church and about Christian relationships, uh, church is an integral part to our spiritual health and our spiritual growth. Because God has gifted it to us, God has formulated this in his mind, he is the one who has crafted the church, that he has built the church, it is his doing, and he has done that for our health and for our growth. And so we're going to talk about different things today that we receive, different things that the, being a part of the church and being active in the church uh, is going to cause in our lives for our spiritual health and our growth. Okay, that's our desire here. And I already mentioned it, but I want to say it again. People often use, and a lot of preachers have used verse number 25 to hammer this as a as a command. Okay, and so we've talked about having the right attitude, the right motive. All the way down through here, it is saying, let us. It is an invitation. It is a decision for us to make, okay? And so... I could preach this. I could teach this and say, you have to read your Bible. You have to pray. You have to come to church. And then you're going to be doing that as, a, as an obligation. You're going to do that reluctantly. You're going to do that with the wrong motivation. And whenever you do that, you're not going to grow. You're not going to be in a healthy place. And you and God are going to not be in a good place in your relationship, right? No, your heart's not in it. Your heart's not in it. And so just as going back to this parent and child relationship, okay, we see that repeatedly in Scripture as a comparison. I can make my children do a lot of things, right? But what about their heart? What about their motive? What about the way they respond? Do I just want them to obey because I said so, or would I rather have them to obey because I have a good relationship with them, and they want to. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference between that, right? And so a lot of children obey their parents out of an unhealthy fear. If I don't do this, dad's going to whack me. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of Christians do their duties, their spiritual duties, out of fear because if they don't, they fear that God is going to whack them. Fear is a good motivator, right? Fear is a good motivator. It gets people to do a lot of things, but it is not the best motivator, and it's not the one that we want in our Christian life. Okay? And so whenever we look at verse number 25, when it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, this is all built on the premise that we have gifts that God has given us. He has uh, opened up the ability for us to come to Him. He has initiate and instigate whatever a relationship with him he has cleansed us he keeps us and he has given us uh, a community in which we can fellowship with and that we can benefit from and that is going to increase our health our fruitfulness and things and so he's presenting this as this is something not that you have to do but that you need to do for your own sake and for your own health okay And so we could approach this, if you would, in all this study that we've been doing, uh, just like going and seeing a doctor at a checkup, okay? You have something wrong with you, something you're concerned about, you can go and see the doctor. The doctor can't make you do a whole lot of anything, but he can give you what you need to restore your health. He can tell you, he can advise you on what's going to be good for you, what's going to be healthy for you, but then it's up to you what you do with it, right? You go to the doctor and he says, okay, your cholesterol's high. You got some blockages. You need to change your diet. You need to start getting exercise. You can get mad at the doctor and say, who are you to tell me what to do? Go home in the same health that you came or that you went in and end up blown out with a heart attack at 50 and dying, right? You can do that. Remain unhealthy. Or you can go to the doctor and say, you know what? He knows what he's talking about. He's not telling me this because he wants to be mean or hateful toward me. He's saying this because this is what's good for me. This is what's healthy for me. And I need to take him up on this. And I need to change a few things about myself in order to have health. All right. Right? Yeah. And so whenever we're talking about these things as far as having spiritual health, when we're talking about growth, these are things that are good for us. These are healthy for us. But the ball's in our court. Okay? Okay. And so, whenever it says, "Let us consider one another to provoke one another to good works," this is already getting into a little bit about what the church is to be about. Right. I think a lot of people they they skip the last part of this and they just read like the first line: "Let us consider one another to provoke." <laughs> we can be good to that, right? We can we can we're good at provoking one another, but that's not <laughs> what the Bible says. It says to provoke one another. To love and to good works, right? So uh, I want to I want to get you all involved just for a few minutes here, and I want you to tell me what are some reasons why it is important for our Christian health to be present at church and to have Christian relationships. What is it that is the benefit for us?
2: Praise uh, uh, the Lord. says, "I iron. sharpened."
0: Yes.
1: The moment
2: you give your life to Jesus, you're not safe to yourself. Mm-hmm. There must be a time of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that refreshing is primarily found when you are together with believers.
1: Exactly. Yes.
2: That's you one the really important Fine, You can stay in your home and study and get, you know, different, uh, different materials to study mm-hmm. to boost your faith. Mm-hmm. But then, at that, with that, you still need to conjoin with brethren mm-hmm. to get, you know, tutored mm-hmm. in the way of Christ. Yeah, that's why Bible says, forsake not the assembling together one another. Yeah. So the benefit is that we are we with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of need. We embrace one another. Right. Yes. In terms of grief, we share together. Yes. In terms of joy, we share together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, is just, you know, uncountable. Mm-hmm. It's inexhaustible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
0: it. yeah. 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 So refreshment, uh, bearing one another's burdens. He says there, mm-hmm. several things. Uh, one of the one thing to go along with what he said in the very beginning in Genesis chapter number two, I believe it is. Uh, God created Adam, and whenever he looked at his creation, what was it that he said about Adam? It's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. It's not good for man to be alone. We always associate that with a husband and wife because he makes Eve as a help meet for him, right? But the, I think the, the thought goes further than just that. It's not good for man to be alone. We're not meant to be isolated. No man is an island, right? And so we need to have those other relationships. And so going along with what the brother said there, it, we can look at, I think it's first, first Kings 19, 2 Kings 19. 2 Kings 19, I believe it is. I'm not going to turn there for sake of time. But you have the story of Elijah, right? Elijah, man of God, prophet. He faced the prophets of Baal up on top of the Mount Carmel. Had a huge victory. Things were going well for him, but he fell into depression because we see all throughout Elijah's ministry and his life, he's alone. Yeah. Right. He goes off by himself in a cave and mourns and whines and he says, "God, just kill me now." (laughs) Right. Yeah. And what's one of God's answers to Elijah's problem? You're not the only one. He says, "You're not the only one." There's seven thousand more just like you over here that haven't bowed down, so you're not alone. And on top of that, let me give you Elisha to come in with you and be a helper for you, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And so that's how God helped Elisha this or Elijah in this time, whenever he was so alone and all. And so we need the relationship. We need the companionship. We need like-minded people to encourage us. And as a brother said, to help us through times of struggle, through times of trouble, through times of difficulty. What else we have?
1: I think he really nail on the head when he said refresh
0: refresh yeah
1: because um, a lot of us are here without any family whatsoever Mm -hmm. and you know not only do we come together and I can't tell you how many times I have been so tired or just on the brink of depressed and Mm -hmm. I come in and somebody hugs me and oh it's so good to see you and there's more of an excitement. There's a, mm-hmm. a love, yes. and not only that. It's I can't tell you how many times. Even just in life, we share life together. Mm-hmm. When good things happen, Mom, I can't wait to get to church to tell so and so this, or you know, um, just sharing our life together is a big
0: deal. Mm-hmm. So the community of it, yes. You grow in knowledge. Growing grow in, in knowledge, same as
3: like humans are social creatures. Yeah. So it's the same as me now in my work. If I'm surrounded by men who ma- have mastered their trade, soon enough I'll master mine. because mm-hmm. right. I'm surrounded by right. masters, so you know, it's how you learn. Mm-hmm. If I'm alone in the Word of God, as me now at my age, you you have so many questions, but you can't answer themselves. You nice. can read through the Bible, but you might not understand what you're reading. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in church and I'm surrounded by men and women who understand and I've gone through it for multiple years. That's how I gain my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's how my questions, you know, are answered. Mm-hmm. And plus, when you're in a community or anything like that, surrounded by people, humans are just more at ease. We're more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it is. We're just better when we're in groups.
0: Yeah, very good points. And so, yeah, you come and you're going to be. Hopefully, our gatherings are centered around the Word of God. So you're going to be hearing from the Word of God. You're going to be hearing different perspectives. And uh, not just mine, but other people. It's, I'm not the only one. I don't have the, a lock on this thing. And so, you know, we're, we're hearing from one another. We are d- drawing from one another's knowledge. And then on top of that, we're drawing from one another's experiences, right? Right. Exactly. And so as we're going through this life, we are able to have other people that we can go to that we can, uh, We can ask, we can discuss, we can talk with, uh, not just about Scripture, but about our Christian walk, about our life. And not even just about the things of God, but just every aspect of life. Right. With us having Melody here, it's good to have other people of like mind that's been there before us. Yes. Right?
1: Yes.
0: And so we're drawing from their knowledge and whatnot, because we're kind of starting over again here. It's like, okay, we need help on this. Yeah. Then starting over again in a different country. So there's different, you know, and so with this, there is the idea that we've got more people that is able to uh, minister the word to us. We've got more people that's able to help us in family life. We've got more people who maybe have a, a, a little more experience in life.
1: Yes.
0: And you have this benefit of experience on top of that's one thing that I was wanting to to hit on today as well is uh, for those who haven't been saved very long haven't been uh, living for Christ very long okay get us around someone who's been at it for a while okay and so those who's been at it for a while then they also find purpose and meaning because guess what we as human beings we like being a help and a blessing to other people. We like feeling needed, right? And so as we're ministering one to another, as we're coming and being fed the word of God, and we're given an opportunity to ask questions and to discuss things, (coughs) right? Mm -hmm. So all these different things are part of it.
2: Please, please, Pastor, I I want to say something. I I will see that... You know this Christianity is uh, affected by cultural background. Mm-hmm. How am I saying that? What the way we practice Christianity in our country mm-hmm. is quite different from the way it is here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm listening to this this uh, topic you are you are discussing with us now mm-hmm. regarding the oneness of believers, mm-hmm. knowing the welfare of one another, the benefit of coming together. To study scripture for the purpose of grooming, mm-hmm. boosting our faith, sharing, mm-hmm. and edifying ourselves. In my country, right, we we do this practice of home self house mm-hmm. fellowship, moving from home to home, mm-hmm. fellowshipping as mm-hmm. as of the pattern of the early, uh, early Christians in Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. We're going from home to home, breaking mm-hmm. bread, praying, mm-hmm. and sharing the word of God and winning souls. Mm-hmm. But here, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. For instance, we live in the same apartment, different apartment, mm-hmm. in, the, in Europe here, in Ireland, here. Mm-hmm. My next door neighbor, doctor, not will say hello in the morning. When I, when, I, when I try to say good morning, he doesn't even respond to me. Mm-hmm. It's also the same thing in the church. You I see here, mm-hmm. I don't go to the church for one week, two three weeks, nobody that to ask of why are you not in church, mm-hmm. ah, brother? Brother, we did not you in church. We hope you are. Hope all is good. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. We only meet in church once we past that NC. It. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be so. Mm-hmm. So now I want to say, culture, you know, has made things mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, as we are speaking now, there's a sister, a young sister, in my church who is having breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And a group in the church have cut out in a WhatsApp group whereby we are donating money to us. This is it happens here, fine, but I don't know how, the extent to which they do such things. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, 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 the purpose of sort of this study mm-hmm. is to reorientate us, mm-hmm. is to create an awareness that mm-hmm. oneness of believers yeah. of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Ought to go beyond just meeting the church. Mm-hmm. It ought to go further mm-hmm. to our homes, mm-hmm. knowing ourselves. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a bosom friend in the church, where is? Will I, mm-hmm. Is it in the world? Mm-hmm. I should have my best friend in the church. Mm-hmm. I should know your house my house. Mm-hmm. You know? You mm-hmm. may not know my secrets, but then let us know one another. Mm-hmm. You know? Let us not forsake the assembling so it should not end the church. It, mm-hmm. should, it should extend to the home, mm-hmm. extend the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's that's my, uh, my 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 point.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so with that, with having the community, with that having extending beyond the walls of the church and different things like that, there are. Let me see here. There's going to be a diversity of relationships within the church, right? Oh yeah,
1: definitely.
0: We find that. Uh, the Bible often refers to the church as being the body of Christ, right? Right. And so, with it being the body of Christ, for one thing, with it being the body of Christ, that means that it should be performing the functions that Christ did, right? Yeah. Should be following after his example, after his way of doing things, right? On top of that, it is a body, so that means there's going to be uh, a diversity. Yes. And that is something that's illustrated within Scripture is there's going to be different uh, purposes, different giftings, different abilities, different personalities. Uh, And then so that's with the body. And then on top of that, uh, with a body, every part of it is going to have a concern for not just its own welfare, but for the welfare of one another. Right. Okay, because whenever there's one member that is unhealthy, then the entire thing is unhealthy. Yes. Uh, good proof of that. Uh, don't turn the light on whenever you go to the bathroom tonight. <laughs> and find the bed the hard way with your big toe. And all of a sudden, your entire body is affected by the ailment of that one toe, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that is the illustration that we find in Scripture. that hit too close <laughs> to home, to anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's
2: it's this thing affected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I have a cause of this,
0: speaker, it affects mm-hmm. the entire body. It affects the entire body, yes. Yes. So and that's, so, yes.
2: That's, ought, that's the way it ought to be in the body of Christ. It's it's right.
0: what, it is. It's the way that it should be with the body of Christ. And so, uh, that's what we want to cultivate here. That's what our desire is here, is that this will be a place uh, where the Word of God goes forth, first and foremost, where you can be fed spiritually, where you can have the opportunity to be vulnerable. There is an important word, okay? where you can be vulnerable, where you don't have to come in fear. And that's something I think a lot of us are overcoming because of uh, maybe background in different things. Uh, some people have a, a an unhealthy relationship with the Word of God because of maybe something in their past. Okay. Uh, maybe they were, you know, whatever it was built these things into them. Maybe uh, they have an unhealthy relationship with prayer because of that. But a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with church. Right. And so here's one of the things with community and with relationship that has to happen is there has to be uh, trust.
1: Yes.
0: There has to be vulnerability. Yes. There has to be love and care one for another. That's whenever it says, let us provoke one another to love and to good works. Let me say this, though. Here's something that makes things complicated for this church. Okay. Is what is it? Oh, that's one problem.
3: I'm being serious, yeah, because you can have a Satanist walk in here yeah, and think mm-hmm. he's part of the church. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not being smart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, yeah.
0: Yeah, but outside of that, though, one of the problems that we have here is how many different cultures <coughs> connect you. Oh yeah. Okay, so we're talking about the relationships and whatnot. People come from so many different backgrounds. Oh. Uh, Many different church backgrounds and things like that. There's different expectations. There's different uh, maybe troubles and pains that people went through, things like that. And so with that, um, sometimes that becomes a hurdle to come over, okay? And we may take it personally. We may think that there's something wrong with the church. Maybe there's something wrong with us or whatnot. But it comes down to what I was saying with vulnerability. It comes down to communication, (laughs) It comes down to understanding one another as well. And with the church, one truth about it is that much of the responsibility is on the individual, not the body. But we often project the responsibility onto the body instead of the individual. Okay? So if there's a problem with the church, rather than us say, okay, there's something wrong with the church, okay, how do I get involved with this and fix what I perceive to be a problem? How do I communicate with this? How do I... Uh, who do I talk to? What do I do to try to rectify this either in my own life or in the church, right? And so these are things that have to be communicated. Yeah. And so there may be misunderstandings, there may be hard feelings, it's hard and no one even realizes that. And if that's the case, is there going to be health within your own walk or is there going to be health within the church? No. Because a healthy church and a growing church is going to produce... <laughs> healthy and growing people, but healthy and growing people are going to produce a healthy church. You see how this right. goes together? Vice right. versa. Vice versa, yes. And so with that, there's going to be different relationships, and you're going to benefit from it just as much as what you desire to. Right. And so it comes back down to our motive. Uh, one example that I have here in scripture is uh, Jesus told a parable, and he told a parable about the four soils. Anyone familiar with that? Sower went forth to sow, and as he was sowing the seed, some landed in the wayside. That would be the roadway. Mm -hmm. Nothing grows in the roadway, right? Right. Some landed in the rocky soil. Some landed in the hard and compacted soil. And some found its way to good soil, and it grew, and it was fruitful. So what was the point of Jesus' parable? What was uh, his point in telling all of that? That much of how we grow— And our response to God and to his word and uh, all of these things depends upon the soil of our heart. It depends upon what we're doing in ourselves and how we're cultivating ourselves. And so you can come to church and we can be a healthy and vibrant church. But if you stay on the fringe, if you refuse and you have a wall built up and and whatnot, you're not going to be benefited a whole lot by coming to church. Right, And so what you're going to receive either from church, from the word of God, from your Christian walk, is going to be dependent on your heart, your motivation, and uh, how open you are to one another, right? Yes. Yes. And so it comes with building relationships, comes with time. And so the more that we get into that, the more we're going to benefit from it, right? Right.
1: This Bible talks about why, why is there
0: divisions amongst you. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is it's also not pleasant
3: if you come to a church. And let's say you can come to church, but I mean, if you sit in a corner and not talk to anyone, mm-hmm. that's it, no good. Right. right? And then it doesn't benefit anyone, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just, I'm just sort of bringing that up as well. Because mm-hmm. no, you don't want to come into a church where it's a clique. Yeah. Right. This one and that one are always... Together, you know, and everyone else is out of the group. Mm -hmm. You know
0: what I'm saying? So, whenever we talk about this church in particular, okay, how can we have a healthy church where people can come in and can grow and can benefit and can reach that spiritual health? Well, it's going to be dependent on each person here and how they walk with God first, right? Right. If they're seeking God, if they are walking with God, if God is doing work in their life, it's going to change how they interact with one another, right?
2: Right.
0: Then on top of that, we are going to have to be intentional about our relationships with one another, right? We're going to have to be intentional about our relationships with one another. And so we need to... uh, (laughs) Oftentimes in Scripture, there is an emphasis placed on... uh, being intentional, on uh, paying attention. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay, well, what does that mean? To be circumspect means that you're paying attention to what's going on around you. Right. Not foolishly, like someone with, uh, you ever see someone with their cell phone going down through the middle of the town, and next thing you know, they, like, run into a post, (laughs) fall into a water fountain or something? (laughs) See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, But as wise, where does that play into our our conversation today? If we're walking circumspectly, we're paying attention to one another and to the needs of one another, right? We are looking at uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ in love. It says uh, in verse 24, let us consider one another, right? We're paying attention to one another. And to provoke unto love and to good works, that is, encouraging them in that direction. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. Some people just pull it away and want nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know you can forsake the assembling of yourselves together while still attending church? Oh, yeah.
1: Not like...
0: yeah. You can be here physically, but not mentally. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Your
0: body can be here and your heart not. Yes. Right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So that exhortation, that is the encouragement of one another. So over and over through this, this is dealing with our relationships one with another and having that love, that warmth, that encouragement. And so we are paying attention to what's going on and different things. And we're seeing when people are struggling and we are encouraging them, but we're also opening up and being, uh, I keep coming back to this word vulnerable, okay? We keep coming back to that because if we build up that wall and we're not willing to let anybody have access into our lives, if we're not willing to actually come and be a part, if we're just sitting on the fringes and just uh, just dipping our feet in, so to speak. Yeah. We're not getting into the pool. We're just kind of dipping our feet in a little bit. Then we're not going to be able to have that relationship one with another. Right. Okay? And so you have to uh, sometimes... I said I just keep coming back to this thought of being vulnerable because we are You have to be open to hurt. You have to be open yeah. together and a lot of people are not willing to do that. Some people have been hurt in the past. Exactly. And right. if I open myself up, yeah, I might get hurt again. Right. Right? Yeah. And so there's going to be that going on. And so whenever we think <laughs> about learning from one another, encouraging one another. Building off of one another's experience, getting advice, asking questions—all that it—it it requires a degree of vulnerability, right? Yes. Letting others into our lives, and sometimes it's taking a risk. Oh, yeah. And so, for this church to have that going on, there is going to have to be a uh, an atmosphere of love, oh, yeah. understanding. of understanding, exactly. love of care, understanding. of just, right. Yes. Because if every time that you put yourself out there a little bit, if you get smacked upside the head every time it happens, you're going to put yourself out there, right? Exactly
1: right,
0: yeah. And not literally smacked, but you all understand that, the thing there. Uh, just a, a personal illustration here. Uh, as a pastor, uh, there's this whole thing, okay, you need friends that are pastors, right? <laughs> That's difficult to find. And I've had several pastors come to me and be like, oh, yeah, you can be open with me. I want to I be your friend. I want And so I'm open with them, and it's like, well, that's the end of that. Okay? No. I've had that happen multiple times. They come up to me, and they ask me a question. I give them an honest answer. And they're like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, apparently you didn't mean it. They were just uh, – and I told you this before. I, I was at a, a pastor's fellowship. And they were like, what is, your, what is your biggest struggle as a pastor? I'm like, you really want to know? Yeah, tell me. I said, me. And they're like, um, got something to do over here. I'm like, what? I thought we were going to have a conversation. Is that not your biggest problem? I mean, what is your biggest problem in your Christian life? The person that you shave every morning. I mean, that's, for the men, I guess the women do too, but that's a different story. Right And so just being honest and being vulnerable with one another and I think a lot of us uh, have been to that place where uh, we are overly cautious and afraid to put ourselves out there yeah. and so we need to cultivate that that we can have that relationship and that care for one another right. okay and I want to tell you I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to be able to carry the load and I need I need one another. Yeah. Just the same as you all do, right? Yes. And so um, I'll put out a, a, an illustration to kind of go along with what Victor was saying there a minute ago, okay? And I I hope this wasn't, won't embarrass won't anything, but uh, Peter wasn't at church last Sunday, okay? Yeah. And so for the past week, I've been concerned about Peter, hmm. okay? I've been wondering, I wonder how Peter's doing. I've started to text you 20 times a day for the whole week, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. As the pastor, I overthink things. So, Peter misses church on Sunday. Monday, I'm texting him saying, Hey, Peter, everything okay? Well, he only cares about me whenever I miss church. Hmm. Being transparent here, that's that's the thought that goes in my mind. And so, I haven't wrote Peter all week because he's going to think I only care because he missed church. Your he doesn't care about me as an individual. He just wants to make sure my butt's in the pew. No, no, that's not the concern, but I'm afraid that's what he's going to think. Isn't that
1: in general what people
0: normally do? We Do you think you things? also,
1: <laughs> you know, if you text, you don't text, or you're wondering what the other person is actually thinking? I mm-hmm. think that's a big thing mm-hmm. within the church too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's friendships and that, yeah. and you've got to be open and honest mm-hmm. about it. I mean, it's no use having issues yeah. and nobody mm-hmm. knows about it, right. and it's you're walking with it on your heart, and yes. you need to talk about these things. You and know, then you so alone. Then, yeah, and then yeah. The things could have been changed or sorted. You know, small mm-hmm. little things that have become big things because yeah. we haven't spoken about it. Yeah, and that's where the, comes into the church. Yeah. That's where the transparency
0: yeah. and the vulnerability comes in. yes yeah,
2: right. I, I quite agree with her. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we are speaking of a healthy church mm-hmm. where you have healthy Christians, right? And the the, the, the reason why these things are not present is because the Holy Spirit is not present. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. How was it done in the early church? I mean, I'm talking of the Pentecostal visitation. Mm-hmm. On the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. in Acts of the Apostles, when Christ had left mm-hmm. and ascended to heaven, and he gave instruction mm-hmm. don't even think of the kingdom now, but rather go onto the upper room and pray and expect in earnest. And the Holy Spirit came, paying the visit. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. It was no their life was no longer the same. All the things we are talking about, this can happen, this will not happen, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If the spirit of God is present each and each one of us, don't be like that. Look at at the book of Mm Galatians. What are the fruits of the spirit? It talks about you know Mm -hmm. love, peace, Mm -hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. Mm-hmm. If they are there, mm-hmm. honestly speaking, loving ourselves will just be as easy as anything. Mm-hmm. We can easily provoke ourselves unto love and unto good works. Mm-hmm. That is it. So the moment the Spirit is not there, the moment we fail you know, to crucify our flesh, that the Spirit of God can come up in our lives. It becomes a problem. I belong to a fellowship in my country, to mm-hmm. this, this Europe. You know, It's a discipleship fellowship mm-hmm. where we have our chief disciple, who mm-hmm. know, all of us and he, he teaches us or he exposes us unto the rudiments of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. That if you say you are a Christian and mm-hmm. you are not living like Jesus, mm-hmm. you are not a Christian, that if you want to do something Okay, but hold on that's, just a second. That is against mm-hmm. the rule of God. As I said, mm-hmm. did Christ
0: do this? Mm-hmm. Would
2: Christ do this? If Christ wouldn't do that, don't do it. Oh, yeah. So, Holy
0: but one thing you said there, you said if you're not living like a Christian, if you're not living like Christ, then you said that then you're not a Christian. Of course, that's not the case, though. That's not biblical, biblical. because you find that because you find in Scripture there were plenty of Christians that Paul addressed that weren't living as Christians. The Corinthian church was extremely carnal. They were motivated by flesh. The church itself had a fornicator, an adulterer amongst them. They were accepting him. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. And they were having a par- they were doing all these things. But Paul speaks to them plainly as Christians, but immature Christians. Right. And this is what we're talking about with growth is that you can be, a, be you can be saved, you can be a Christian from now until you die, and not actually grow, because you have to be exposed to the Word of God, you have to be seeking Him in prayer, you have to be having a relationship with Him and His people and experience growth. And so there can be people who are saved but never get beyond the rudiments. Right. They are still babes in Christ, still making the same mistakes, and still not showing a whole lot of maturity doesn't mean that they're not saved, okay? And so you've got that plainly laid out in Scripture where most of Paul's letters are encouraging Christians uh, not to depart from the faith and not to uh, remain stagnant in the faith, but to grow and to increase in the faith. So it lets us know that this growth is optional. Whenever it comes to the Holy Spirit, The Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells within the believer. The the Bible also says that where two or three are present in his name, the Holy Spirit is in the midst of them. And so the Holy Spirit is going to be uh, in every one of our meetings, whatever we are coming together in his name, surrounded by his word and things. It may not be like the day of Pentecost where, you know, it's just so obvious in that way, but the Holy Spirit is, dwelling in us, we can suppress him, we can grieve him, we can hinder him, or we can allow him to do his perfect work in our hearts and lives and bring about those fruits that you were mentioning in Galatians. uh, That love and that joy and that peace and that long-suffering and all those things, those are outworkings whenever we are healthy, whenever we are spiritually growing. Those are the fruit that's going to be produced. But as long as we are not putting ourselves in that place where we're surrounding ourselves by the Word of God and we are seeking Him in prayer and we are uh, coming together and encouraging and provoking one another, uh, whenever we're not doing that, we're not going to have growth. We're going to be an a unfruitful tree. We're still a tree. We're still planted. We're just not growing. We're not producing fruit. And so with that, we are unprofitable. We find that the, the Lord spoke to his disciples, and he talked about at the judgment that there would be some people who were saved just so as by fire. They have no fruit. They have produced no works in order for them to be rewarded or to benefit of, but they make it to heaven. They are saved, but they arrive there empty-handed, okay? So that is a possibility. And so this is why we're talking now with growth. We talk about discipleship. This is part of discipleship. Is we're coming together, we're discussing these things. We are looking at the Bible and the rumors of the Bible. And yes, there's definitely places for us to be breaking bread and fellowshipping. We do that on Sunday afternoons. Yes, We do that throughout the week. We've had people over at our house this week and fellowshipping and, you know, not necessarily uh, even anything spiritual. We're not getting into Bible studies, you know, but, but we're sharing life together. And that's where you build relationships and those things happen. And so that's what we need to be doing as a church. And the reason why we're going to have health as a church, the reason why we're going to grow as a church, is whenever we are seeking God individually and whenever we are loving God and loving one another, caring for one another as a body. Okay? And so that's where the health and that's where the growth is going to come from. Okay? Mm -hmm. Sorry, can I just
1: add something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I think with the church has been that family unity and that mm. is that with that, the enemy is also coming in and wants yes. to destroy it. Mm-hmm. The littlest thing. And, yeah. you know, as Christians, we are fleshly and yes. all that. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we should always straight away, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. And that. So we want the church to be that place where, It's like this as well as on the outside. So the Mm -hmm. way we live here and are with each other, we're doing it with each other on the outside too. Mm -hmm. But the enemy is so careful to come and destroy, you know, things.
0: Another purpose that I have written down for the church as well, and it plays into what you're talking about there, is uh, accountability. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: It's accountability. Because if we love one another, then we're going to be calling one another out whenever we see... Uh, whenever we see someone going in a way that's unhealthy, right? And that's frowned upon a lot of times, but you have to have a relationship with someone before you can do that. You have to have permission, if you will. You have to be granted entrance in that person's life. And so I can be sitting back watching someone make horrible decisions, but I know that if I go to them and talk to them about it, it's not going to be well-received, right? There's no accountability there. But if we have healthy relationships one with another and we see someone making bad decisions, we see someone going in an unhealthy way, then we can go to them in love and say, hey, hold on for a second, have you considered this? Yeah. And speaking the truth and love to that individual, right? Uh-huh. And so it provides, if you will, a safety net also in those things if we allow it, right? right? Yeah,
3: but then it also comes down to, like, in today's society... With social media, mainstream technology, everything you have, we're so mm-hmm. it's very hard for the youth now, today, teenagers mm-hmm. or your early 20s, even the late 20s. We grew up mm-hmm. in this, you know, technological just world where it's very hard for you to keep your focus on God mm-hmm. and your focuses everywhere else, oh, mm-hmm. you know. And because we are flesh, the flesh wants to sin the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very hard to not stop it in a way you know mm-hmm. because you're surrounded by things yeah, 24 exactly. 7 mm-hmm. and it's I mean I'm only understanding these things now when I got into my late 20s mm-hmm. when I was younger I was like I knew I'm saved and it's a great feeling <clears throat> but I didn't live by it because mm-hmm. I was surrounded with who I was mm-hmm. and I did what they did Yep. and only getting into my 20s my late 20s now that I understand that actually there's a lot more going on mm-hmm. and if you're in any kind of way in the walk with God or reading your Bible or even just questioning things in mm-hmm. a healthy way you'll really understand what is going on in the world like when you do mm-hmm. see an artist bring out a song and you watch the music video like I was talking to you about mm-hmm. you do see the things behind the background that's mm-hmm. going on but if you're 16, 17 years old you're not going to see that,
0: mm-hmm. right. you
3: know. And if you don't, if your parents don't mm-hmm. have the authority to teach you that, or if you're not surrounded by wise men in a sense to teach you that to learn from that, you're always mm-hmm. going to follow in that route. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the flesh sins the whole time. So it's mm-hmm. a hard world today mm-hmm. to be to live a so-called perfect life like Jesus, because you won't. Mm-hmm. Right. You're always fall <laughs> short. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why he died for our sins, because mm-hmm. you knew exactly we're not going to gets yeah. on top of that so to be your perfect life.
0: There's no mm-hmm. way. But another another thing that comes from what you brought out there that I think is important is uh, the importance of patience. The importance yeah. of patience. Like you said, whenever I was young, mm-hmm. I didn't look at this, I didn't see this, but now as I'm growing, as I'm getting older, as I'm maturing a little bit, I'm seeing this. And it, I think it is paramount for us as believers to have patience with one another.
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: To realize that uh, they're at a different place. They're coming along and and give each other some slack, some space, yes. some time yes. to come around. Yeah. Because it's amazing how God can work. And we want to make things happen. We want to do it now. We don't realize the subtle things that God is doing right. behind the scenes yeah. or in the background and whatnot. And so yeah. we continue to pray. And we continue to be uh, <laughs> seeking after God for other people. Because I know just like in your situation, Dylan, there's been lots of people praying for you for years. Yeah. Oh, I know. Especially it's I know. <laughs> okay. And so there's been a lot and so we don't know what God's been doing in your heart. And then you just showed up at church one day. And it's like, hey, praise the Lord for that. I wasn't expecting it, but I didn't know the whole time that God was working in your heart as we were praying and different things. See how this works. And so we've got to let God have some time and some space to work in the lives of our fellow brothers and sisters we've got to cut people some slack and we may not uh, in our flesh we may not like where that person's at at the time but we love them we have patience with them and we continue to have that relationship that's going to foster growth and that God's going to be able to use to bring that person closer to himself Right? so we see all these things going on
2: Yes. To give yeah. yes. yes. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, one is perfect.
1: All right.
2: And the purpose of uh, fellowship mm-hmm. is that we keep fellowshipping and you know sharing together and maintaining our faith mm-hmm. until we all grow up to perfection. Mm-hmm. Because if Christ comes mm-hmm and still meet us in the state of saying mm-hmm. no one is perfect, That we can't make it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that is the bottom line of what I would say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I made the pronouncement that if you are not even like Christ, then the, you are not a Christian. Mm-hmm. I know I made that point. Mm-hmm. I made that point because the moment the new birth has come upon you, you are born again. Mm-hmm. You see these things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you you live like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That is Christianity. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was saying that Christianity is not just a mere religion, it's a life. Yeah. Right. It's a life. Mm-hmm. And who's that? The life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I, I, I said
0: that. Yeah. And so with that, yeah, there uh, whenever we're in Christ we're a new creature, things change, Holy Spirit moves in, conviction takes place, our desires change. Exactly. And where the disconnect comes in, uh, uh, even between the what we were saying there earlier, um, where the disconnect comes <coughs> in is sometimes what the Lord is trying to do on the out, in, on the inside yeah. takes time to manifest itself on the exactly. outside. Like what
2: that brother, brother said,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that social media mm-hmm. technology has exposed us many, many, many mm-hmm. jobs, Yeah. and the only. Way you can save yourself, or rather, mm-hmm. God can save you. Is mm-hmm. when this thing come up mm-hmm. most times, mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I see things that are contrary to God's way, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm convicted, and mm-hmm. I quickly I yeah. run away. Mm-hmm. Look at Joseph mm-hmm. in the heart of Potiphar. Mm-hmm. When Potiphar might try to lure him, mm-hmm. right, and woman grab him, mm-hmm. he he put off his shirt. Mm-hmm. And run away, mm-hmm. so also should be without sense. Should we run away from
0: yeah. the it should be, it should be, it should be. Yeah. But there's also the the fact that the Holy Spirit can convict me and I can resist Him, and I know it's wrong, but all the pressures of the world get to me because of who's around me, because of who I'm trying to impress, <laughs> and I start suppressing the things of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and after a while, He's grieved, He's suppressed, yeah, I'm saved. But I've shoved him back in the back in the box. I've ignored him so long. He's like, okay, fine then, but there's pleasure in sin for a season, but just wait until the consequences come. And he's going to chastise his children. He's going to bring him back. But there can be a time that I can just completely <coughs> ignore it. I can get to the place where my ears are dull of hearing, where my heart is no longer <coughs> sensitive and where he's just not effective enough. So that's where these choices come in. Who we yield to, who we let where it says let us. Yeah. And so we've got this choice, and that's the whole thing with growth all along in all of this, is that we do have a choice to make. Who are we going to allow to be in charge? Uh, What environment are we going to put ourselves in? Are we going to be in a place where it's healthy and where we can grow? And so with church, it's an escape. You were talking about social media and all the things that we're bombarded with. This needs to be a place where we can escape and we can come and be around people who— you know, in social media, everybody's arguing with everybody, okay? Everybody's arguing with everybody, and you've got your guard up. You've got your wall up, and everything you take almost personally, it's like, okay, uh, I've got to defend myself and whatnot, and you've got these things going on, and it ought not be that way in church. We ought to be able to come around and say, okay, these people love me. These people right. care for me. We can have disagreements. We can discuss things, we can. but at the end of the day... We're family. We love each other. We, yeah. you know, we trust each other, and we can still go on for the glory of God. And we can still benefit from one another. Shouldn't be a place where the walls are up and all these so things. Right. Right. It's supposed to be a safe space. It yeah, should right. be a safe yeah. yes. a refuge, a place
1: where we come. Like if we have fallen down,
0: mm-hmm. of and we don't yeah. feel
1: like we're coming in here to receive yeah. a bunch of feet up and, yeah. <laughs> because we've been there, yeah. we are, we've been shot down by the people that we wanted help from. Mm-hmm. And it's a, supposed to be a place where we come and we're loved. And another thing, coming back to
3: my previous uh, comment, mm-hmm. we'd been in that environment yeah. where there was the so-called
1: core group yeah. of yeah. Yeah. people, yeah. yeah, you know,
3: and the pastor had his favorites.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you didn't I mean, measure up. And so if you, you don't measure up, you know, you always like the outsider. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, they, you they know,
3: wonder why there's divisions, mm-hmm. right? But you have. That type of a setup—it's yeah. mm-hmm. a bad environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you know have the whole thing that he was talking about about not being able to talk to anybody about it. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you, it's easier yeah. to feel vulnerable if you know you're coming into right. a safe space, right? right. Mm-hmm. Where you're going to be helped, and that we're supposed to walk on and on, not right. shoot yeah. each other down. But yeah. the presumptions also come in, that's is, true. which yes, is for sure. can yes. be so wrong, and it's not even like that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sick, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <was> I <laughs> really enjoyed this this morning. I know mm-hmm. I'm not out
0: here a lot, but I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this. Yeah. We're all being vulnerable, you know? yeah Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what we need to be. We? So we're being real, though. Exactly. Yeah. It's like
1: we're all imperfect, we all fall down. Yes. We have yeah. to be real with one another and that's how we help each other. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too is things can look a certain way and mm-hmm. people, it's not that way because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on in each other's lives. Exactly. No, and you just take it for granted. Oh, everything's fine, you know. Yeah. You yeah, don't know because we, we're not all reaching out to one another yeah. to right. find yeah.
0: Well, even, even like a, relationships uh, are two ways, three too. It is, yeah. It takes yes. both, yes. yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even like with what well, you were saying there earlier about checking on one another and whatnot, like uh, um, with your work schedule hectic and everything, and you know most Sundays working, working, working. And so whenever you don't come, it's like, oh, Victor's working. And so I'm, I'm praying every day, Lord, help Victor's schedule so he can be at church more often.
2: God has helped us. We
0: have moved to this right now. Oh,
2: okay. When, when, when I'm walking, they can mm-hmm. uh, move into the church. We awesome. don't see around. Okay. Except uh, the uh, cold. Uh, mm-hmm. Things that uh, things are. We, have, we are now in this right.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay, praise yeah. Praise the for that. We're moving awesome.
2: to the best of December. So. Okay. Awesome.
0: Okay. Well, we got anything else? I've enjoyed the, the back and forth of the conversation, but... Uh, it's very, 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 very nice. It's
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: But, uh, but we'll keep at it for... We'll keep at it for uh, well past our time, so... No one has anything else? So, yeah, we need one another. We need to be vulnerable. We need to be open. We need to be... Uh, our hearts soft to one another and to the Word of God. We need to be coming looking to get and looking to give uh, i was having a conversation this week uh, sorry i keep going down but anyway i was having a conversation this week that um a lot of times we fall into the the mindset of uh, consumerism and we look at church as what can i get out of it yeah and so people shop around for church and say well what kind of programs do they have what kind of classes do they have what kind of get-togethers that what what all do they have for me to get for myself it's like shopping for a car you want to know the features <laughs> and that's not what the church is meant to be. It's a right. family that you're a part of. And so we're not just coming to get. Yes, you want to be fed from the word of God. You want to be encouraged and lifted up, but you also want to be encouraging and lifting up. All right. You don't want to just be getting. You, want, you don't want to just be receiving. You want to be giving as well. Yeah. And so it's all of that going on throughout everyone. Because honestly, just in, um, just in a bit of transparency here, there is so many things that, I can't do that. I'd like to. Okay. There are so many deficiencies that I have. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, I wish I could be a better pastor and have different things and whatnot, but I am what I am. And
3: uh, we're happy with you.
0: <laughs> and, and if you're, if you're not, okay. If you're not pray for me. Okay. If there is an area where I'm lacking in, there's plenty of them. Pray that the Lord works in that because believe me, I of course, am. Of course. Okay. Yeah.
1: And this is our first time ever doing this. So.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, there's no other pastor I'm going to have the conversations with, but I've had with you that we shouldn't have
0: had. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I am, I am happy with that. Aaron, <laughs> sorry, can I just
1: uh, But even for you, you need to let us know mm-hmm. when you need. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's okay to call upon mm-hmm. us when you mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when I came in, when I stepped in, I, I had you mentioned the word provoke. Mm-hmm. You gave us in the provoke one another, other on good works. Mm-hmm. And I have come across it in two pieces in scriptures. In the Ephesians, what I suppose, you know, stating the, the family life, I said that. Fathers provoke not your children of the mm-hmm. right? You know, then this scripture provoke. let us not forget to provoke one around the law. Mm-hmm. The word provoke can I mean, be used, you know, negatively and positively, as I <laughs> right? In that location, when saying, Fathers provoke not your children of the it was used negatively. Fathers, if you say you are a father, mm-hmm. right, and you are a Christian, mm-hmm. do not do things that will make your children. To take to to follow the 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 the, the, the wayward way. Right. Mm-hmm. If you see a father, you are a Christian father, you know, bring up your children, train them the way they should go. That mm-hmm. when they grow, they will not depart from me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Then this second part is the positive provocation. Let's mm-hmm. provoke mm-hmm. one another onto onto good works. Yep. Right. Like the way I'm you and I, all of us live this life of love we mm-hmm. go extra mile to show this love we are mm-hmm. provoking that look at sister she's so wonderful she has done to me yeah I can't believe it she's such a wonderful woman mm-hmm. I thank God for her for our life mm-hmm. oh I will copy her example mm-hmm. you know yeah. these are the two ways mm-hmm. I, I want to thank God for that word mm-hmm. I learned a great deal from you this morning mm-hmm. we'll keep on loving ourselves provoking each other on the mm-hmm. love yeah. you know when my family moved moving Last uh, November 2021, mm-hmm. I was taking them to come on to, to get their permission and mm-hmm. the party was, the, the was so misbehaving mm-hmm. and they, were, they, they, they came down, they were pushing it to see if you can push it to start, it was manual, but it was stressful. Mm-hmm. One great guy came around and saw us, he, he was so concerned, mm-hmm. One Irish, once was the motorized the party just wrapped more his car, came back with a raka and helped us to do a jump start. Uh mm-hmm. huh, and that was it. Mm-hmm. My wife was surprised. Mm-hmm. We were so provoked. So this man, I don't know his house. He was like, can to give me a photo like, no. There, there's no point.
0: Mm-hmm. We were so impressed. Mm-hmm. We were so grateful. Yeah. Just himself. Yeah. Oh, well, and I, I like the uh, comparison that you did there between the provoke not your children to wrath and to provoke into love and good works, because that illustrates that our actions and our attitudes pushes people in a direction. Yeah. And so, if as fathers my actions and my attitudes push people away from God, that's a problem. But as Christians, our actions and attitudes should push people toward love and to good works. So, great example there with that. Okay, well, I went well over time, it's been a good discussion, though. let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and let's take a break. Dear Lord, we come to you today. Thank you for your, your many blessings on us, Lord. We do thank you, for the Lord, for this time to to talk and to discuss and whatnot, Lord. We do desire to grow. We desire to produce fruit. And Lord, we desire to encourage one another. Lord, we want this to be a place of encouragement, a place of love, a place where it is a safe space, Lord, so that we can uh, grow and be benefited by it. Help us, Lord, to to cultivate that here, Lord. And Lord, help us to prioritize uh, being in this place, Lord, that we can uh, be involved both in... Uh, giving and receiving and provoking one another to love and to good works, Lord. And Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do. We ask you to be with the remainder of our time together. In all these things I pray, in Jesus' name, and amen.